Welcome to the show, guys. This is Fantasy MLB Today. I am your host, Joe Orico, and you guys can find me on Twitter, as always, at JoeOrico99. That's at J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. If you follow me there, you will get the show every day, as well as the other uh, fantasy baseball-related information that I post out. Typically, it's lists of most added players during the day and the odd other bit of information and now that we are uh, heading into the summer months, uh, my schedule is going to be clearing up more. So there will be more of a Twitter presence for me there. You guys also want to go ahead and follow the Ethos Fantasy BB account. That's E-T-H-O-S Fantasy BB. That's where the show is directly posted out from every day. And we hope as the season goes on to start giving you some more uh, baseball content on that side as well. The last thing I'll ask you guys to do before we get kicked off for today is to just please go and leave a five-star review at the bottom of the page. That would be very much appreciated. Helps the show to be seen more and helps us move up in the uh, search results of the podcasting app, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you guys could go ahead and leave a review down there, that would be fantastic. Uh, Just to help us expand here a little bit as we still are getting going here. We start off week five of the show today with uh, a recap. We'll do a recap of the weekend as we typically do here. Uh, we look ahead to today's games with the one exception that the Red Sox-Twins game started very early today, so we won't be going over that one so much. Uh, we'll talk about the other games today, mostly to do with starting pitching. For those of you who are new, we typically talk about starters uh, as opposed to lineups. We'll talk about some big uh, lineup stuff if there was a big game or a particularly bad game, but we tend to just go over the starting pitching matchups here because that is where the majority of the fantasy decisions will lie. We'll also talk about some of the more added and dropped players over the last day or so. And, you know, we'll also be doing something that I haven't done yet here on the show, which is we'll be looking at pitchers who start twice this week. So pitchers who you use one add-on and you'll get two starts out of them for the week, which is something that's really valuable uh, in both in points and category leagues. But um, I think particularly on the points league side, if you can get two starts there for one add, it's really valuable. And there are a few guys who will be starting twice this week, so we'll touch on them. And we'll also do a quick daily fantasy segment there where we'll talk about uh, some of the guys that I'm targeting tonight in daily fantasy. We've had a very good start to the year on the DFS side. We have 8 out of 11 successful lineups, which is lineups uh, that score over 100 points, which is not always going to be uh, in the money range. It's typically going to be, depending on the contest you enter. Sometimes you win money with an 80-point lineup. Sometimes you don't win with 120 points. There are variables, obviously, but typically if you are in that 100-point range, you're going to be giving yourself a good chance for the money shot. And we've done that 8 out of 11 times. So at the end of the video, we're going to be going over uh, a quick lineup for today, and we'll touch on how I did over the weekend. So let's not waste any more time here. Let's look at yesterday's uh, first matchup we'll be going into, which is my Blue Jays versus the Oakland Athletics. The Blue Jays did come away with the win here. The offense has not been quite what we've expected from the Jays so far. And actually, Oakland has one of the better offenses in baseball to start the year. I believe going into yesterday, they were leading the league in runs. It's not something that's going to continue, I don't think. A fairly weak lineup there in Oakland, so I wouldn't expect that to continue. Bit of an early season outlier. Excuse me. Alec Manoa was fantastic. And he's really turned into one of the better pitchers uh, in the American League. I think that's safe to say. He's only started 23 or 24 games in his career, but he's really, truly taken another step this year. I think with his off-speed stuff, he's able to locate his fastballs. Granted, uh, he does hit a few too many batters. 
but that's because he likes to work inside, and I'm okay with that if he's going to hit some guys because he works his fastball inside. So Manoa struck out six over six, gave up four hits, two earned runs. Uh, one of them was on a home run to Stephen Vogt. Uh, so I, I really like him going forward. I think he is going to be one of the better options and someone that was not too expensive to acquire on draft day. So really excited to see what Manoa can bring us going forward. Jordan Romano closed out the game for the Jays. They have six wins. Romano has six saves, and he's currently a top 10 player in fantasy. So if you guys drafted Romano uh, the first week of the fantasy season, we know we know we've had uh, about a week and a half here, but the first week of the fantasy season, he was definitely one of your bigger assets. And if you had him, you almost certainly won saves last week. <clears throat> so he is someone, uh, I think he's just on the edge of those top two closers in baseball, Josh Hader and Liam Hendricks. I think he's right about there. And you know, who knows, maybe we'll get a 40 save season out of him. It looks like we will. Uh, if he keeps this up, a 40-save season seems to be in the cards with a low ERA and high strikeout numbers. If you drafted him, uh, just enjoy because he's he's looking very, very good so far. On the Oakland side, we had Adam Aller go three and a third. It was better than his first start, but still not someone who's going to hold much fantasy value there. Uh, three and a third, five hits, three earned runs. Not terrible against a, a fairly good lineup here. Now, they are missing a couple of pieces in this lineup. Still a good lineup. So it's, it's not terrible for Mahler, sure, uh, but he's not going to be someone who's going to be very relevant on the fantasy side this year. Let's move on to the Yankees and the Orioles. And really unfortunate to see Nestor Cortez not get the win here. Uh, I streamed him in a, in a league yesterday, uh, in a category league, trying to get a win out of him, and I figured a win would be fairly certain against the Orioles. I figured I had a good chance. And he did everything but get the win. He went five innings, struck out 12, and only gave up three hits, no runs, he unfortunately walked away with a no decision, but it was one of the better, was, he was the best guy you could have added in terms of yesterday for strikeouts, uh, low ERA. So he was definitely a valuable asset to stream yesterday, and I think he'll be someone who will carry some value going forward. So for now, I'm going to be holding Cortez. Uh, some people might have dropped him after yesterday just because it was against the Orioles. They figure it's a flash in the pan, not to be something that can be replicated. I'm going to hold on to him for now. On the other side, a decent start from Bruce Zimmerman, and his first start of the year, we mentioned, you know, uh, four innings, he gave up three hits against Milwaukee, and we said, stash it away, I just remember it, and here he went five innings, gave up four hits, six strikeouts, and two walks. So in a deeper league, maybe you want to take a chance on Zimmerman. He's not someone in a standard 10 or 12 team league that I'm going to be taking a chance on at the moment. There are too many better options out there, and I don't really... Tr- really trust him. I mean, he's going to be playing on the Orioles where he's not going to be much of a asset in the win category because they're just not going to be winning a lot of games. He's fairly young, but he's not young, young. He's 27. So there are, you know, he's not really going to develop much more than what we have already seen. Most likely he doesn't have a ton of major league experience. He's someone to keep an eye on. Like I said, after his first start, but he's not someone I would make a move on at the moment. Excuse me, guys. Sorry about that. Next game we'll go over is the Washington Nationals and the Pittsburgh Pirates. Not teams that I'm terribly interested in throughout the season. Now, Patrick Corbin was going uh, yesterday. Cabrian Hayes was given the day off. Now, he did come in to pinch hit. We were, I was seeing a lot of people say yesterday, if Corbin can't get it done today, then we don't. he's not really going to be useful at all this year. Over five and a third, he gave up three hits, two earned runs, uh, walked three and struck out four. Very mediocre against a bad team. Now, there are some guys who have this kind of outing, and you say it was a good outing. And I suppose for Corbin, it is a a decent outing. I don't think that he's someone who you're going to be able to roster uh, in standard or shallower leagues this year. 
I, I just don't. He's not someone who's really ever had much fantasy value, and now he's on a piss-poor team here where he's not going to be getting many wins. If he can't do better than this against a depleted Pirates team, then I don't have too much faith going forward. I think it's fairly safe to say you can draw Patrick Corbin. On the Pittsburgh side, we had Jose Quintana, and he didn't do too much here. Four innings, five hits, three earned runs, two strikeouts, three walks. Not not very interesting to me there. Uh, not somebody that I am going to be too, too interested in going forward. In deeper leagues, there might be the odd, decent matchup where you can stream him in. But he's not going to be someone who's going to hold value throughout the season. Let's move on to the Twins and the Red Sox. Bailey Ober had a really good outing despite taking the loss. Taking the loss despite not giving up any earned runs, which I've always had a bit of a problem with that. Six innings, four hits, two runs, neither of them earned. Struck out three and walked one. A really good outing from Ober. And someone who's possibly a consideration to roster in uh, not standard leagues, but in slightly deeper leagues, I would say. Michael Walker on the other side was fantastic. Five innings, one hit, no runs, struck out five, and walked two. Now, he's looked really good so far, uh, but again, I just don't have a lot of faith there. Uh, the starts have come against Minnesota and Detroit for him. I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm just not too, um, not too confident in him. He's not bad, but he's not someone that I think going forward is going to hold too much value. So for now, I'm going to be leaving him on the waiver wire as well. The Mets and the Diamondbacks is the next game from yesterday. And Humberto Castellanos threw four innings of one-hit ball. Only struck out one, but pretty decent outing against uh, a good Mets team. So something, again, uh, I've said this a few times on the show, just to keep in mind, not something to really act on today, but something to keep in mind. On the Mets side, we had who I said was a good stream on Twitter yesterday, David Peterson. Unfortunately, he wasn't able to get through five innings and secure a win for himself. Four and a third, three hits, no earned runs. He struck out four and walked two. A good outing from him. Uh, you know, I, I like him okay going forward. There are a lot of arms over there on the Mets, and I'm not sure if and when DeGrom comes back. I'm not 100% sure he's going to still have a spot there to start. He's an iffier ad at the moment for me right now. But, you know... Uh, he's someone like, yeah, he's, he's iffy at best. Uh, he's done well against the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. He's on that watch list for me as well. Of someone I'm just keeping an eye on, not really uh, moving too much today. The next game we had was the Phillies and the Marlins and Zach Wheeler got roughed up pretty bad in three innings, eight hits, seven earned runs, struck out three and walked three. Not great guys. Not a great outing from Zach Wheeler. We hope, we hope that he can be better than this. Last year, he was fantastic. Uh, he had injury stuff. He had uh, illness and shoulder stuff going on in spring. So he didn't have a, really a fair shake of it uh, from the get-go. Not, not a fair shake of it, but we shouldn't be judging him based on these early season performances, I don't think, so much because we know what he can do and because he didn't really have time to get cranked up like the first outing of the season was okay for him but the three strikeouts in both of these outings are not really something you're going to be looking at from him he's going to be a high strikeout guy so I think he just needs a couple more starts to get um to get fully used to pitching again this season which I know sounds stupid for a pitcher but these guys haven't really pitched in a while uh he was ramped up fairly fairly slowly in spring because of his injury problems so I'm not too worried about him at the moment Obviously, I'm not thrilled, but I'm not too, too worried. Uh, on the other side, Eliza Hernandez 
really a good outing here. Six innings, five hits, one earned run, struck out five, and walked one. Uh, I think he's someone that you could probably roster in deeper leagues, but not in the shallow standard leagues. More of a uh, 14-plus league kind of guy. Let us move on to San Francisco and Cleveland. We had an 8-1 San Francisco victory, and Alex Wood was very good here. He turned around uh, his first start, which was not terrible, not great, and he got the win here over five innings. Shutout ball, only five strikeouts. You'd hope for a little bit more, but... You know, I think he's going to be someone who is going to be a one of the better late round options for the season. And if you guys listened to the show, we talked with Ryan Bloomfield a couple of weeks ago, and he had him pegged. I forget if it was as his uh, potential Cy Young winner in the National League or ERA title winner, but Ryan was also very high on him from a low draft pick. And so far, the returns have been really good. So if you drafted Alex Wood like I did in a couple of leagues, you're really enjoying the early returns here. On the Cleveland side, Aaron Savali, not very good. Four innings, four runs. Only three of them earned and struck out five. Not someone I'm going to be too, too interested in. I was more interested uh, going into the season. But I don't think he's someone that you guys can really roster at the moment. Let's go on to the Cardinals and the Brewers. The Cardinals had Dakota Hudson go three innings. You know, I, I was thinking Dakota Hudson was going to be a lot better coming into the season. Maybe that was just my mistake. Maybe he just needs a little bit more time to get going. So far, I have not really been impressed with him. He hasn't been terrible giving up three runs in either game, but only three innings here. Uh, three hits, three earned runs, four runs total, uh, two walks and two strikeouts. Not very interesting. So far, uh, he's not been someone that you can really roster in standard leagues. On the Milwaukee side, uh, Aaron Ashby, someone I mentioned as a lower-end stream for yesterday, Four innings he threw, uh, and only gave up two hits. Three runs, but none of them were earned, so it didn't hurt the ERA there. And he struck out four and walked four. So, like I said, it was a lower-end stream. Uh, didn't get you too much outside of a couple strikeouts and a couple innings of lowering your ERA because the runs were unearned there. A few more games to go over here, guys. We have the Rays and the White Sox. And this is a game I actually did not see any of. I was not able to catch any of it. J.P. Fireisen was the starter for Tampa, and he looked very good. He was followed up by Chris Mazza, who was not very good. Two and a third, he pitched, uh, gave up two hits, two runs, which is not terrible, but he did walk five. So that's where, uh, really, he was not great. So, <sighs> nothing here on the pitching side for Tampa. I, I do like Fireisen, but he's just not someone who's going to be able to have uh, value, most likely, just because of his lack of a solid starter or closer role as much as I like him he's someone you can leave on waiver wires and the same can be said for Vince Velasquez not a great outing from him four and two thirds five hits four runs three of them earned he walked three and struck out five another guy you can just leave on your waiver wires there and nothing else uh, too too interesting here on uh, on the batting side so let's move on we have the next game of the night is the Angels and the Rangers and da, da, da. sorry guys we're having a little bit of a technical problem here okay angels and the rangers jose suarez four and a third five hits three earned runs you're not doing anything with him in fantasy he is not someone you can roster not someone who is going to be very good i would imagine this season on the texas side we had martin perez go four innings give up five hits four runs not not a great outing as well. Only three of them earned, three walks, uh, five strikeouts. Not someone who you can really roster as well. Now, the big piece of news from this game was that Mike Trout took a pitch on his hand, 
And it looked very strange, this pitch he took on his hand. It looked like, almost like it wasn't even going to hit him on the hand. And then he moved his hand to the area where the ball was coming. I don't think he did that on purpose, obviously. But it was a very strange-looking play. And I'm worried about Trout there. If he has a broken hand, that would be really bad. Just, you know, and I see some ignorant people saying he's injury-prone and this and that. He got hit with a pitch. It's any, it could happen to literally anybody. It does not make you injury prone. It's obviously not good that he was injured last year. And this has potential to be like a couple of month injury. We'll see how bad it is. Uh, I haven't seen anything announced as of right now. It's not looking great though. It's He's not going to play today. That's, I think, they've announced. But even if they haven't announced it, I think it's fairly safe that he's not going to play. X-rays were negative. Um, so maybe we can... I don't know. We maybe need to say a little prayer here. Uh, I'm not. It's it's hard to say. I'm I'm worried. I'm definitely worried about Trout. He was more than likely, maybe not your first pick, but in your in your top two picks. If he's gone for an extended period of time, like he was last year, then the people that drafted him are going to be in not a great place. So I'm worried. I'm I'm worried about Trout. There. I'm going to be. Uh, I'm going to be following that, and I'll try and keep you guys up to date on Twitter if I find out anything throughout the day. But right now, not a great situation for him, for sure. Next up, we have the Cubs and the Rockies. And Austin Gomber, who is someone I actually really like, he's not been very good this year. If you have him, he's someone you can go ahead and drop. Four and a third, eight hits, five runs, four of them earned. He's walked three and struck out two yesterday. Not someone that you can hold. Um... It's unfortunate because I think he's better than this, but he's just not been very good. Plus, playing in Coors Field, uh, I don't think you guys can hold him. Drew Smiley has been interesting this year. Nine and two-thirds has not given up uh, an earned run yet. He might be worth an add in deeper leagues, but I he's not someone I really trust too much. So in most leagues, I'm going to be just leaving him alone. It's a good start, but uh, a good couple of starts from him, actually. But I just, I don't know. I just don't trust him. Uh He's good. He's he's all right, and he's been pretty good. But he's played against two not great teams. So, uh, for the most part, I'm going to be leaving him on the wires here. The Dodgers and the Reds was the next game, and we had a hell of a game from Andrew Heaney. Six innings, one hit, struck out eleven, and walked three. Now, I feel like this is a trap. I really feel like he's going to just go back to the Andrew Heaney we know and don't love so much from years past. Uh, I feel like this is a big sell-high moment for him right now. If you can trade him and get a top 100 pitcher back for him, absolutely go ahead and do that because I don't think he'll be able to hold this value going forward. On the red side, Tyler Molly threw three and two-thirds, uh, seven hits, seven runs, all of them earned. Brutal, brutal uh, potential ERA losing start for the week if you started him yesterday. I have him in two leagues. I started him in one and benched him in the other. And he almost lost me ERA in the in the league I played. So I think he actually may have lost me ERA in that league. So um, it's a mistake to have started him yesterday. I think he'll be better than this going forward, obviously. But something to remember that he did get rocked around. Now, whenever someone gets rocked around by the Dodgers or the Blue Jays or a good team, you have to maybe take it with a grain of salt. But it's still something to remember. Uh, let's move on, guys. Houston and Seattle. Jose Urquidy was very bad. Four innings, eight hits, six earned runs. Only struck out two. I'm still holding him, but uh, not feeling terribly great about it at the moment. 
And Matt Brash was really good again. Five and a third, two hits, two earned runs, struck out five. The only big problem is that he walked six. If he can get that control, if he can get that control under control, then he should have uh, a ton of value going forward. And I really like him. So he's someone who should be on rosters, not on waiver wires at the moment. Last game we'll go over is San Diego and Atlanta. And you Darvish was very good. Six and two thirds, four hits, one earned run and eight Ks. A huge bounce back start after getting completely shelled in his last outing. Uh, I think it was against the Giants. He got completely wrecked. So it's good that he turned it around there. On the Atlanta side, they had uh, Bryce Elder start. And we only used two pitchers yesterday, Atlanta, which is very rare in today's Major League Baseball. Bryce Elder threw four and a third, three hits, two earned runs, and walked five. Not very good. Spencer Strider, who has looked uh, interesting for sure as like a dynasty slash uh, deeper league stash candidate. Three and two thirds, no hits, no earned runs. And he did walk three, but he struck out three as well. He's pitched nine innings this year and only given up the one run. Uh, you know, he's looked pretty good. Uh, as a dynasty guy and as a deeper league guy, I think that he will have a lot of value. So that takes care of uh, yesterday's games. We did have uh, Detroit and Kansas City get postponed yesterday, and I'm not sure when they're making that up, if that's going to be... It won't be today. Uh, somewhere down the line, they'll make that up. So we'll take a look at today's games now, and there's really not that many to go over because there were some teams that had off days already. We had the Twins and Red Sox start crazy early this morning, uh, 11 o'clock on the eastern uh, side and 8 o'clock for you guys on the west coast. So very early there. I hope you guys set your lineups early or set them last night. And we've had two games postponed today. The White Sox and the Guardians will not be going, and the Diamondbacks and Nationals will also not be going. So we have uh, maybe seven, eight games here to go over for today. So not a ton of streaming options, but uh, we'll touch on them all here. Alex Cobb and Tyler McGill is the pitching matchup for the Giants and the Mets. Really good pitching matchup. Both of these guys should be rostered. If McGill is not rostered, then go and add him. Uh, he's someone who has potential to be one of the better pitchers in the National League this year. And he should not be on any waiver wires. I don't care how shallow your league is, even if it's an eight-team league. McGill should be rostered. There should be one guy on that team. Maybe it's Eduardo Rodriguez or someone of that nature who you're not very confident on, who's been very shaky. I would make that swap. Uh, I would make it yesterday, but go ahead and do it now if you haven't already. The next game, uh, and Alex Cobb. You know, uh, I really have liked Alex Cobb. That first start was really good from him. So we'll see if he can keep it going here. Uh, you know, the Giants know what they're doing in terms of pitching. They know how to develop pitchers, and they know how to take pitchers who have been unsuccessful and make them successful with their organization. So I really like Alex Cobb going forward today and going forward. Uh, the next game is the Pirates and the Brewers. Zach Thompson and Eric Lauer is the pitching matchup. Neither has been uh, great. Neither has been terrible. Um, I think Lauer is still going to start. Now, he did leave his last start with a shoulder injury. I think it was just a bruise. So uh, he's projected to start here, and I think he will, but I don't think that's guaranteed. Uh, Eric Lauer on the other side would be a decent stream for today, uh, but not someone... I just don't have a ton of faith in him. It is a good matchup at home, but I don't have a ton of faith. So he's more of a like desperation stream. And on Monday, you shouldn't really be desperately streaming anybody. So I'm probably going to just be leaving him on the wire outside of leagues with unlimited ads or a lot of ads anyway. The Rays and the Cubs is the next game, and we have a, a pretty good pitching matchup here again. Shane McClanahan and Kyle Hendricks. Kyle Hendricks is kind of... You almost have to sit him here, I think. And, you know, 
I mean, it's Monday. Some guys like to just throw out everybody on Monday, and then they deal with the start situations later in the week. Hendricks is really going to be a wild card this year. He was great in the first outing, terrible in the second outing. It's On a start-by-start basis, it's almost impossible to project how he's going to do. I would probably sit him today here and be safe, though. Shane McClanahan on the other side, someone I really like, really excited for going forward, and this is a good opportunity for him here. Despite it being on the road, I like him in this matchup. I expect a good number of strikeouts from him today. The Angels and the Astros is the next game. Michael Lorenzen and Luis Garcia. Now, Lorenzen was really good in his first outing, and Garcia was pretty good as well, despite only striking out one guy over four innings. These guys were both good. Now, Lorenzen is uh, a bit of an iffier stream for today. He's not someone I really trust too much. I I don't think it's going to go too well for him today uh, in Houston, so I'm probably not going to be adding him. Luis Garcia is probably already on rosters. Uh, I think he's a good option, though, going forward. And And for today, I think he's a pretty good option. The Phillies and the Rockies is the next game. Aaron Nola and Chad Cool will be the pitching matchup. And it'd be nice to see Aaron Nola have a good start. It would be really nice for those of us who drafted him in certain leagues. I know I have him in a category league, and he's been very bad so far. So hoping he'll turn it around here. Not the greatest of matchups for him to turn it around in, pitching at Coors Field. But we hope for the best from him. We hope for the best from Nola today. Chad Cool, uh, I'm going to be targeting... My uh, In my DFS lineups, I'm going to be targeting some Phillies today because I don't have a lot of faith in the Rockies and in Chad Cool. He was pretty good in the first outing, and that honestly leads me to believe that he won't be good here. Uh, he's not someone with a track record of sustained success. The fact that he had a pretty good outing at Texas, great, good for him. I think he'll get rocked around tonight, and I'm not going to be deploying him under any circumstances. Let's move on to the Orioles and the Athletics. Spencer Watkins and Frankie Montes. This is ideal for Frankie Montes here, uh, trying to get him back on track. He was pretty good in his last outing, but the ERA is still a little bit high, so hopefully he'll be able to lower that down here against a fairly poor Orioles team. Spencer Watkins, he was not bad in his first outing, three innings, uh, gave up a run. Not someone who I'm terribly interested in today or throughout the season. Nick Lodolo and Sean Manaya, a very good pitching matchup here in San Diego, a lefty-lefty battle. Both of these guys, I think, should be pretty safe to deploy today. I'm feeling more comfortable in Manaya. I'm interested to see if Lodolo can uh, work out a couple of kinks that he had in his debut and maybe improve a little bit, get those walks down, and maybe go a little bit longer than four innings. So I feel fairly confident deploying both of these guys today. The last game of the evening, which is a 10 p.m. start time, 10-10 p.m. start time on the East Coast here, is the Braves and the Dodgers. Huascar Yanoa someone who I would have definitely hoped for more in his debut. Uh, I used him in DFS that day, and I got burned a little bit by him. I'm hoping for more here while also acknowledging it's a tough matchup, and it probably is not going to go great. So that is what it is. The Dodgers are countering with Clayton Kershaw, and this is what I'm really interested to see. Can he carry over? I think it's fairly obvious he's not going to throw seven perfect innings again. If he does, that would be remarkable. Not something that you can project, though. I'm hoping that he goes five or six innings and only gives up a run or two. It shows us, you know, similar Clayton Kershaw-type stuff that we've seen in the past. I wouldn't expect that first start again. Um, I wouldn't expect him to be bad. I'd expect him to be very good throughout the season, like a three-ish ERA, maybe a bit higher than three. That would be where I would kind of... I'm not going to say that that's the baseline. That's about what I would expect him to average throughout the season. It might go up and down a bit, 
between three and three twenty in that range, I think would be really good for him. Especially, you know, he's not young anymore, Kershaw. He's thirty four. He's been pitching a long time. Uh, I think he's the same age as Degrom, but he's got like six more years under his belt pitching than Degrom because of how young he came up. So there's a lot of mileage on his arm there. We'll see if he can replicate that first start of the year, which was, uh, you know, it was a, it was a miracle. It was one of the better outings. Uh, I was watching him for a while. He was flat out dominant. I was upset when he was taken out while also understanding it. So it'll be something that we have to, you know, they're not going to have a, a long leash with him this year. That was about as long as you're probably going to see him go at any start, seven innings. So remember that. I also feel like he's safe to use, but, uh, you know, we don't know, right? We saw brilliance from that first outing, and I don't think it'll be a trap game necessarily. He's already, you know, he's already on every roster, unless you're you're in like a four-team league, maybe he's not. But I I think it has the potential to be not what we're expecting. I've seen some people say old Kershaw's back, old Kershaw's back. If you're going out there and trading for him, I wouldn't be trading for him with the expectation that you're getting 2013, 2014 Clayton Kershaw back. This is 2022. You're going to get 2022 Clayton Kershaw. And he was great, but I'm going to be a little bit cautious about him at the moment. I know I'm contradicting myself a little bit because I love Clayton. I think he's like the best pitcher of his generation, the best pitcher since roughly 2000 who's come into baseball. But I don't know how much he has left in the tank. So, yes, he's a safe start tonight. Yes, he's obviously someone who should be on your rosters. No question. No stupid stuff like that. I'm just I'm just a little bit nervous because, you know, he has slightly declined over the last few years. And his decline is not like most players decline. Him declining is going down to an ERA that's like 350. And that would be like the worst he's ever had. It's going back to his rookie season. So I'm expecting good things from Clayton. But I'm also tapering my expectations because... You never know. You never really know. Let's now talk. Uh, it's a new segment here we're going to be doing uh, on Monday. It's something I will try and tweet out on Sunday or Monday going forward. Two start pitchers. So guys who will start two times in a week. You can use one ad on them and get two starts out of them, which is very valuable either in category or points leagues. I see it as being a little bit more valuable in points leagues because the points tend to accumulate a little bit easier than uh, category stats would. So there's going to be some guys. I'm not going to be going over every two-start pitcher because there are some guys who are starting twice this week. Uh, Max Scherzer, Kershaw, Shamanaya, uh, Shane Bieber, Shane McClanahan, Garrett Cole. These guys are going to be must-starts in every situation. They're not going to be guys who are iffy. There's not going to be questions about them. So me talking about them would not really make too much sense. I'm going to be talking about some guys who have a couple of starts this week. And we'll be talking about whether or not they're worth adding. So the first guy, Eduardo Rodriguez, uh, his first start will be against the Yankees. Second start will be against the Rockies, both at home. If he's on the waiver wire and someone dropped him, maybe you take a chance. His ERA to start the year is just about at six. So I'm not terribly confident in the Yankee start. I'm more confident in the Colorado start. In a deeper league, if someone's dropped him, especially in a deeper points league, I would take the chance on him just for those two starts you'll probably still net positive, uh, even if he's not great against the Yankees. I think not a bad grab in, in a points league. Now, he is rostered in a lot of leagues. Now, the percentage has gone down. Uh, I believe on Yahoo, we are, where are we at now? 
So he's still available in some leagues. He's obviously picked up in most of them. But if he's, like I said, in a deeper points league, if he's not there, that would be my ideal situation to go and grab him. Not so much in a category uh, deeper or shallow. I'm not looking so much on that side. Uh, Jesus Lazardo is the next guy. And he's pitching at home against St. Louis and on the road in Atlanta. There will not be easy starts for him. They are going to be tough. And, you know, we might be expecting a little bit more than what we're actually going to be getting after that electric five innings, uh, 12 strikeout performance. That being said, he's someone who should definitely be rostered and started in these situations. Now, I'm putting him in this segment because he's only about 70, 75% rostered, 73% rostered on Yahoo. So there are still some uh, people who have not gone and grabbed him there. I would go and grab him. Tyler McGill is another one. He should be rostered. He's mostly rostered. He's starting at home against San Francisco today, and then he will be going later in the week at Arizona. Definitely a must-roster guy. Should be added in both of these situations. Uh, Should be added going forward regardless, but definitely for both of these starts, I like him here. Um, Those are probably the better options. Tristan McKenzie as well has uh, two starts, and he's, I think, in that better category, as well as Alex Cobb. So Tristan McKenzie goes twice. He's pitching against Chicago and New York on the road, the Yankees on the road. Not ideal, but I still think he's someone who should be rostered uh, in, a, in pretty much every league. I really like Tristan McKenzie. I thought he had a lot of breakout potential in the offseason. Going back to last season, I thought he was really good, and I thought that he just needed a proper opportunity and maybe needed to bulk up a little bit, and then we see uh, a, a better season. And he was really good, not in that first relief appearance, but in his first start of the season. I really liked what I saw from him. So I would be comfortable deploying him. Uh, start him against the White Sox, see how he does, and then you make your decision against the Yankees. Alex Cobb has the Mets and the Nationals this week. I'm going to be comfortable starting him in both of those situations. Uh, until he proves otherwise, I like him there. Uh, Merrill Kelly is starting twice this week at Washington and at home against the Mets. Now, the Diamondbacks game did get delayed today, so his start might get pushed to Wednesday. Uh, he may be in danger of missing that two-start uh, area. I still think he should be on rosters. He hasn't given up a run yet this year, an earned run. And he's got the Nationals next. So at least definitely there I would add. And then you could probably go ahead and use him for the Mets game there as well. Um, there's some lower-end guys as well. Josiah Gray is an interesting one for me. He's going up against Arizona and then San Francisco. I would probably feel comfortable starting him there. I would definitely start him against Arizona, and then uh, I think you make your expect you make your decision a little bit closer to the San Fran game. I, I like him there. Um, again, game getting delayed today, game getting postponed today may push everything back a day, so he may uh, he should still start. I believe tomorrow on Sunday. Something to keep an eye on to see how that postponement really affects uh, games going forward this week. That's pretty much it for the two-start guys. There are other guys that I'm just not really interested in. You're Justin Steele's, uh, JT Brubaker's, Chad Cool's. Guys of guys uh, of that ilk, I'm not going to be too interested in. Uh, that Yeah, that's going to be pretty much it for those guys. And I'll try and cover that um, once a week at the beginning of the week. We'll do um, a, two, a two-start segment like that because I think it makes sense to just talk about... Um, because, you know, it can really make a difference. It's more so a basketball difference maker there. The A um, lot of games started in a particular week because most teams play uh, seven games most weeks, maybe six. And 
pitchers are either going to start one or two games. So there's not a massive advantage to be had there a lot of the time. But if you can add another game in there, especially early in the week for a decent level starter like a McGill or a Cobb or a Lazardo if he's still available, then those guys should definitely be added and you can bank them for this week and going forward. Now let's talk uh, about most added, most dropped players here. Uh, the most added player by far was Andrew Heaney. And I talked about him a little bit earlier. I don't really trust him. If you want to add him and try and sell him at this point, I think that might make sense because I don't think he'll keep up anywhere near what we've seen so far. We've seen best case scenario, Andrew Heaney, and I don't think we're going to continue to see that. So if you are going to add him, I would try and sell him. I don't think he's someone that you're, he's going to be back on waiver wires in a couple of months. I, I can almost guarantee that he will. Uh, Hector Doris is the next guy who's being added, and that's because Ryan Presley is on the IL with a knee injury. Uh, for the short term, he's definitely an ad. He can help you win your save category this week. So he's definitely an ad, maybe even for two weeks. So we'll see. Uh, Jesus Sanchez is also being added. And again, I'm not quite certain that he can maintain this going forward because he's been very hot. But at this point, I think you have to add him and see what you can get for him. And again, maybe another guy you try and sell. You grab him and try and sell him. Now, it is rather verboten to pick someone up off the waiver wires and immediately offer them in a trade. Uh, you may be labeled as scum by your fantasy by your fellow fantasy managers in your league. But, you know, maybe you can give it a try. If he's still on the waiver wires, pick him up. See if you can try and sell him for anybody with top 100 kind of value going forward for the rest of the season. Someone who not is an iffy top 100, but if you can sell him for a guy who's going to be in the top 100 somewhere. If you can get, like, this is pie in the sky. If you can get, like, a Kyle Schwarber or something, and you're probably going to have to add somebody else in there, then you do that. And I think people will bite uh, because he was good in the short time he was up in the majors last year. I think people are going to be probably overvaluing Sanchez, especially with the hot start. So you might be able to turn him into a huge value play. Michael Lorenzen being added in quite a few instances. I'm not terribly thrilled with adding him for today. Going up against the Astros, I don't think you can bank on a great outing. I'm not going to be using an ad at this point of the week on him. Nestor Cortez has looked fantastic. Uh, two starts, once against the Blue Jays and once against the Orioles. So we've seen the good and the bad, and he handled them both. For now, he's an ad in all formats. I really like him going forward. Sean Murphy should be uh, should be rostered, I think. He's had a very good start to the year at a very iffy position for fantasy value. I would go ahead and add Sean Murphy. Now, you know, I wouldn't go and drop another guy. I had some people asking, should they switch out Alejandro Kirk for Sean Murphy? At this point, if you drafted Kirk and you have him, I'd probably just hold on to him, especially with Danny Jansen injured. You have uh, a path to value there on the Blue Jays. He's playing pretty much every day. And now he hasn't been great. But I'm probably, if you have him already, I'm probably just going to hold him over Murphy. If you have a lower-end catcher or you stream in catching or however you do it, if you have one of those bottom-tier guys, then go ahead and swap him out for Murphy. He's not too rostered at the moment. I think he's someone who could be worth it. Uh, Looking forward to the rest of the season, I think that he could be someone who carries value. Tyro Estrada is someone who I don't think is worth a look outside of deeper leagues. Uh, He's ranked inside the top 30 right now, and I don't expect that to hold. I don't think anybody does. Uh, If you've had him going, or if you had him this far, then congratulations. He's returned fairly good value. Uh, But I wouldn't go and pick him up now. I don't think that he can sustain value going forward like that. Josiah Gray had his game postponed for today. I think he's a good option to go tomorrow against the Diamondbacks. Uh, like we talked about in the two start options for the week, he's one of those guys, so he's definitely worth a look for me. Uh, Merrill Kelly is also a must roster guy at the moment for me. 
until we see him have a bad outing, I think he's safe to hold on your rosters. And even if he does, I've liked what I've seen from him so far. So maybe if he does have a bad outing, you hold on and you wait. But for now, I think he should be on every roster. Uh, Owen Miller. I've said I don't trust, and I stand by that. I don't trust him to continue this going forward. If you can sell him for anybody, like I said, top 100, top 75 guy, absolutely go ahead and do that. Uh, He will fall off. It's just bound to happen. And a thing to remember is that when he does fall off, his ranking number will still be high for quite a while. He's batting, I think, 500, and that will sustain, right? He has, I don't know how many hits, 15 hits or something on the year. Even if he goes 0 for his next 20, he'll still be ranked inside the top 100 because of how this early start will really weigh into that rating. So something to keep in mind that rankings at this point of the year can be a little bit deceiving. Jonathan VR should be rostered in just about all leagues with his uh, multiple position eligibility, his power speed potential. I think that he's someone who should be owned uh, in just about every single league at the moment. Let's take a look at some drops. John Means has been dropped quite a bit, and he's been transferred to the 60-day IL. According to manager Brandon Hyde, we are not totally sure we're going to see John Means again this year. So definitely concerning. Uh, I understand the drop. If you have an IL slot and no one else is injured, then stick him there for now, and you know we'll see what we see. I'm a little worried that we might not see him again. We certainly won't see him again for a couple of months. So I understand the drop. But if you have an IL slot, I don't think it hurts to hold him there. Aaron Savali, not very good. And he's not going to be a big strikeout guy. Not going to be playing on a very good team. So, he, yeah, I understand people dropping Savali. I think that he's. Uh, I think there's better options on the wire at this point. Uh, Hyunjin Ryu has been dropped quite a bit, placed on the 10-day injured list. It's tough to roster him, I think, guys. Um, you know, we all know what he's capable of, but the speed is down. He's throwing flat fastballs at like 88. And he just, he's been getting rocked. His ERA through seven and a third is 13.5. He's only struck out five guys over those seven and a third innings. Really not great what we've seen so far. Uh, I'm going to tentatively say yes. You guys can go ahead and drop him. As much as it hurts to say it, I just don't think he'll be able to hold it going forward. He hasn't really had it at all now. Beginning of last year and the pandemic 2020 season, he was fantastic. But he's just not that guy anymore, I don't think. So we're going to have to let him go in most leagues. Maybe in the deepest of leagues, you hold on to him. But not looking great at the moment. Uh, Josh Lowe is also being dropped quite a bit. Uh, Yeah. I understand that he's four for 29, four runs. Uh, he's only driven in one. He has potential. He has a lot of potential, and he has a path to playing time here. He's not played every single day. He's sat a couple of games. He's played most of the time, though. Uh, I'd probably hold on for a little bit longer and see if he can figure it out a little bit. We might be dealing with this year's Jared Kalanick situation of a guy who comes up and he's just can't do it, not ready yet, and that is a possibility. So... I'm holding for now, but I am getting ready to drop uh, if things don't turn around soon. Tony Santalan has also been dropped in quite a few leagues. He got roughed up by the Dodgers the other day. And he doesn't really look like he's going to have many safe opportunities going forward. He did have the save on uh, opening day, and he was added quite a bit. But since then, we have not seen a single save out of him. So I, I feel comfortable dropping him. He could get some more saves throughout the year. He probably will. Uh, he's, the Reds are one of those teams where they don't really make too much sense with their uh, bullpen decisions. Uh, going back, historically, they don't typically over these last few years. 
So he might get some saves. He might not. I, I think you guys can go ahead and drop him. And Tommy Romero has also been optioned back to AAA. Really unfortunate. He has just not been very good this year so far. Uh, so you guys can obviously go ahead and drop him. Jose Urquidy has also been dropped quite a few leagues after a bad start to Seattle. I would hold on to Urquidy. After what we saw last year, he was a top 150 player. Uh, not a high strikeout guy, but low whip, low ERA, and he'll get you some wins playing on the Astros. So I'm going to be holding on to him for now. Stephen Kwan has also been dropped by uh, about 2,000 leagues. And, you know, a couple of offers in a row, and people are already tired of him. I would hold on for now. Again, another guy you can try and sell high on because you might be able to return some value for yourself there if you sell high. But, uh, you know, this is going to be what it is, right? He's going to have not many home runs, not many steals, high batting average, decent runs at the top of that lineup there, but fairly empty calories is how I would put it. Good batting average. And then we talked uh, when we had Ray Murphy on last week. He's like a Michael Brantley type. And I've seen a lot of people talking about this on Twitter since. And I'm sure we weren't the first ones to talk about it. But Michael Brantley is pretty much like the best case scenario for Stephen Kwan here. And I don't really see him being that good, especially not this year. I'm going to be trying to sell him in the league where I did add him in a points league. Because I don't see. Now in a points league, I think he does have a decent bit of value because he still draws a lot of walks. Been getting hit by a good few number of pitches. I think he's been hit two or three times already. He will have value in on base percentage and points leagues. I just am a little worried uh, he's been overvalued at this point. He should be someone you try and sell high on. Let's talk about the daily fantasy side. And you know, we've had a we've had a good run for sure. We've had a good run on the DFS side. Yesterday we did not have a great day. And it happens. Uh, it happens, and you gotta just move on from it. We've had eight out of 11 good days, three bad days. Sure, uh, it'll happen. I'm not sweating it too much. I'm not thrilled by it. Don't get me wrong. I'm not thrilled by it. Um, but it's pretty good. I would have liked to have hit on those days you didn't, but I think we might be getting a little bit on the greedier side here. If I can hit eight out of 11 going forward for the season, we're talking about like 75%. I'd like it to be a bit better than that for sure. Um, but, you know, if you're, if we're hitting on that percentage of lineups, most of the time you guys are going to be making money if you're using these lineups. So let's talk about a uh, lineup for today. It had to be tinkered with a little bit because of the postponements. I originally had Josiah Gray here as my DFS starter. I've had to change that around a little bit. Now I've put in Alex Cobb who was a little bit more expensive, so I've had to do a bit of tweaking here. Uh, Alex Cobb and Tyler McGill are my two starters tonight. I feel more comfortable in McGill, but I think, uh, you know, they're going up against each other. I'm expecting a fairly low-scoring game here. I've definitely felt more confident in other pitching uh, combinations I've used in DFS. When two guys are going up against each other, and I did think about this before doing it, it can be... Um, it can be very bad. It can be very good. Now, guaranteed, you're only going to get one win out of those two guys, which is the one negative. But I think they can both return good enough value that they're both going to be worth using tonight. I'm expecting a low-scoring game over there. So uh, those are my two starters, Alex Cobb and Tyler McGill. So I'll be watching the Mets and Giants game fairly closely tonight. I have Travis Darno as my catcher here and Luke Voigt at first base, both 9 bucks. 
Luke Voigt has been disappointing. Uh, he's due for a home run, and I think that we'll probably see that here tonight. Uh, again, disappointing. Disappointing. I like the lefty-righty matchup he has tonight. And I think we'll start to see him turn it around a little bit. Jose Altuve, uh, who I'm not a huge fan of, but his price is typically about $20, 20 to $19. And it can go up to 21 And he's 12 bucks tonight. And... I can't for the life of me understand why Michael Lorenzen pitching has put him to that price. He hasn't been fantastic this year, Jose Altuve. But for 12 bucks, I think it's a really good price. Justin Turner, I have at third, who's only $8. Another guy who's been as high as 18 this year, and he's down to 8 So huge discount there. I like the matchup. I'm going to be going for him. Um, you know, Yanoa's not been great, and that's that's a huge part of it too. I don't know why the price went so far down for Oscar Yanoa today. Eight bucks, I like it. The other Turner on the Dodgers I also have today. Uh, for 21, I have Trey Turner. He had his hitting streak broken yesterday that went back to last season. I think he was close to 30 games. I expect him to just start a new streak tonight here. No problem there at 21. And my outfield is entirely filled with Phillies. I have Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, and Kyle Schwarber. I think that they're going to take Chad Cool to church today. I think that they are going to... I'm thinking double-digit runs is going to happen for the Phillies today. I just have a feeling. That's why I've put all three of these guys in there. I think we're going to have a big night in Colorado from those boys. Let me just run over this one more time quickly. Alex Cobb and Tyler McGill is my pitchers. Travis Darno and Luke Voigt, uh, catcher in first. Jose Altuve at second. Justin Turner at third. Trey Turner at short. And then we have the all-Phillies outfield. Bryce Harper, Nick Castellanos, and Kyle Schwarber. Like I said, we've hit on 8 out of 11 lineups. We've done fairly well this year. Now, obviously, those of you who listened to the show before, listened to this segment before, know that I live in Ontario, and right as the season was starting, uh, it was banned. DFS was banned. At least paid DFS was banned, so uh, I can't put money on these. It's It sucks. Um, but, you know, you guys can still win money off of them, and if you guys have been playing my lineups every day, I doubt that any of you have played my lineups every day. If those of you have played my lineups on the odd day, most of the time, you're going to have come out on the green side of things. So I'm not going to be steering you guys wrong just because I can't win money off of it. doesn't mean that you can't. I'm very confident in these lineups day in and day out. I put a lot of time into them. So if you want to implement them, by all means, go ahead and let me know on Twitter if you guys do. I'll give you the handles one more time. You guys can follow me at JoeOrico99. That's at J-O-E-O-R-R-I-C-O-99. You guys have been asking me a lot of questions the last few days. I really appreciate it. Keep the DMs coming. Keep the ats coming. Tweet right at me. Comment under one of my threads. Whatever it is um, that you guys want to do to get in touch, you guys go ahead and do that. Please also go ahead and leave a five-star review on the show. Uh, Any comments you also want to leave would be appreciated. Just try and help us move up the algorithm here on the podcasting app and on Spotify. We will leave you with that, guys. I hope you enjoyed tonight's night of baseball. Not such a busy slate because of the postponements and because it's Monday, so uh, there are some teams with off days. But nonetheless, I hope you guys have a fantastic Monday, and we will see you back here tomorrow. Cheers, guys.